Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, folks, I think I found something. Um, I think I found something with the help of a, of a good friend. Um, I think I found something fascinating about this uh, this Papadopoulos case. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. So welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. We're going to get to that today. Got a lot of them are news, Florida news, tax news, all kinds of other stuff. Uh, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? It's snowing, Dan. Uh, yeah, I'm doing I, well, okay. It's not down here in Florida. Yeah. Uh, I read something once that back uh, 100 years ago, people down, uh, they asked people down in Florida. I'm not even kidding. I forget where I, wear this, where I, where I read this, that there was some uh, snow in Florida at some point. Oh. Everybody's like, what's that white stuff? Well, I guess it's sand <laughs> or something like that. So, yeah, it doesn't snow. Oh, not yeah. to rub it in or anything, brother. But, uh, yeah, it, we don't have that issue down here. It will not be snowing down here. Um. A lot of good stuff to get to today. I found something just <laughs> incredible. Don't go anywhere. Uh, it's going to blow your mind. How I missed this earlier, I'm like astonished, considering part of it's in my book and I missed the connection. All right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Harry's Razors, the finest razors out there, the closest shave you will ever get. Your skin will never feel so good or look so good. It's difficult to find gifts, too, that are both thoughtful, special, and practical. Guys, listen, we don't need another wallet or socks, or ties. We get it. Go with Harry's. You want a gift for your man? Harry's makes long-lasting quality products at a super reasonable price. The best razors out there. German-engineered blades for as low as $2 each. It's a practical gift your man will actually use and save him money on blade refills. You can personalize it to make it feel special. You got a buddy who uh, needs a good gift? This is it. Choose a color that's right for him. Now, with limited edition holiday handles for those razors and a personal engraving option. Nice. Ready to gift? They come in a handy gift box. They start at just $10, these gift sets, and a 100% quality guarantee. If he doesn't love it, returns are quick uh, Returns are quick and hassle-free. As a special offer for fans of the Dan Bongino Show, we partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including our limited edition holiday sets. You don't go want to miss this here. When you go to Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash Bongino. That's Harry's dot com slash Bongino. Plus, you'll get free shipping. This offer is for new and returning customers and is only available for the holidays. Each ho- each Harry's shaving kit comes with an ergonomic weighted handle with an option to engrave. German engineered five blade cartridges that provide the closest, most comfortable shave you'll ever get. Mm. Foaming shave gel for rich lather, a travel cover to protect your blades and a handsome holiday gift box. Or you just want something for yourself? Redeem a Harry's trial offer to experience the quality of shade before committing. Folks, please, please, please check them out. This is the uh, one of the best gifts you can get. Sorry, my hands here. Though. Get your holiday shopping done early. <laughs> Free shopping ends on December 12th, so act now. Go to harrys.com slash Bongino to get $5 off a shave set while supplies last. That's harrys.com slash Bongino. Yeah. Um, okay. Here we go. So mm-hmm. let me just knock a couple things out first. Number one, this thing with Amazon is blowing up. As it should. Um, Amazon was given a uh, unbelievable package to locate up to New York, uh, New York, and in Crystal City, Virginia, two areas I'm familiar with. Right. And what I find ironic here, and it goes to show you the hypocrisy of of liberals and and how liberals, they, folks. One of my big beefs with liberals, and hence the own the libs platform I've dedicated my life to at this point. The reason we must own the libs is because the libs own themselves all the time. They don't actually believe in anything. I mean, I'm very proud to be a conservative, despite the fact that sometimes we win and sometimes we lose because my principles stay the same. I believe in limited government, economic freedom, health care choice that individuals make, school choice, low regulations, big R rights granted by God and the right to defend yourself. That doesn't change. And I don't give a damn about party politics. I am a conservative and a liberty loving patriot first. The rest falls by the wayside. Liberals cannot say this. And this Amazon story up in New York is epidemic of the hypocrisy on the left that the left blindly ignores. When they look in the mirror, they actually believe they believe in something. Ladies and gentlemen, Amazon to relocate to New York was given tax benefits to the equivalent of $48,000 per employee they tend on hiring. Oh, dude. So let me just get this straight. I don't want to beat this thing to death because the hypocrisy is evident. Oh, yeah. It speaks for itself. I don't even need to add a lot to this. New York, which sued President Trump, the state of New York, over the tax cuts because they thought 
on the salt deduction component of it that the tax cuts didn't benefit New Yorkers evenly. Let's just be crystal clear on what they did. The state of New York, dominated by libs, including a far left governor and Andrew Cuomo. Liberals dominate the state. They dominate New York City. Liberals run the place everywhere. They sued Trump after the tax cuts bill passed, Joe, because their allegation was that the salt limitation, the state and local tax deduction limitation, Mm -hmm. that rich people in New York, and not not all rich, I shouldn't say that because I don't want to, there are some people who are middle class and upper middle class who will be hurt a little bit by this as well. Because of the high taxes in New York, that their tax bill overall may be higher. So the case New York was making was that although it was a tax cut package at the federal level, it wasn't going to benefit everyone equally. Are we clear on that? 10-4. So supposedly, if liberals have principles, their principles were, hey, if we're going to cut taxes, everybody should get the benefit equally, including upper middle class folks and the rich. That was what they were saying. Please tell me you get this because the tax limitation of $10,000 for the state and local deduction really wasn't going to affect anyone other than upper middle class and wealthy folks because no one's claiming those kinds of deductions on state and local tax if you don't have the income to pay them. So if your principles are these tax cuts should be applied evenly, listen, I don't disagree. Maybe New York should lower its tax rates and they would apply evenly. Then how is it that liberals are now upset uh, the, the liberal government uh, is now is excuse me the liberal government in New York is now doing the exact same thing. They're giving a set of tax package benefits to a billion, multi-billion, three-figure billion-dollar company in Amazon to relocate to New York. That you, the average worker in New York, busting his butt, getting his dirt under his under his fingernails, you're not getting those tax benefits. <laughs> do you do you understand? Like, I get it. I, I, I get why you would be annoyed by the Amazon deal. What I don't get is how you still look in the mirror and say you believe in something. You just complain about the Trump tax cuts bill because people who have assets and money, maybe not all rich, but definitely have assets yeah. and have the income to justify it, a pretty big state tax bill. Sure. That they weren't getting the same benefits that poor and working class folks were going to get from the Trump tax bill. Oh, the tax cuts weren't applied evenly. As the government you voted in simultaneously gives a monster tax cut package to a billion dollar company that doesn't need it. What is it? What is it? I don't get it. What is it? These are the people. Now, to be fair on this, because, you know, liberals will never be fair to us, but we all, we have an obligation. If we're going to be principled to be principled everywhere. Right. People I disagree with ideologically strongly, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's now a, uh, a congresswoman-elect uh, up in New York, a far-left firebrand, has come out against this. So, I, all right, at least she's being candid. The point is the people you elected into power into New York who complained about the tax cuts not being applied evenly went and applied unevenly a tax package to Amazon that screwed you over. I, I don't get it. I, I really, I just don't get how you're liberal anymore. I understand there are going to be differences on social issues. I get it. People are going to have differences on firearms, on 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 the issue of protecting life. Fine. Do your, th- I, I know where I stand. I know what I'll advocate for to the day I die. What I don't understand is how basic facts seem to go over your head. Cuomatose. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. They are. They're in a Cuomo. 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 <laughs> They are. They don't get like, how do you not get this? You're making the exact opposite argument by voting for these people. It's just insane. Speaking of tax, I have two articles on the tax front. I want to get to this Papadopoulos thing because I had a eureka moment this morning reading something. Someone emailed me that they made a connection. And I miss I was like, yes, ah, I got it. But on the tax front, I have a great article by CNS News. I really want you to read. Because, again, we've been told by liberals who claim they're interested in some principled tax ideology that tax cuts, Joe, bad. Tax cuts, awful. Tax cuts cost the government. How they cost the government money, I don't know. The government doesn't work. for The government doesn't produce or add uh, a value in the way the private business does. Now, our military does. People have jobs in the government. What I'm trying to say is the government doesn't 
add value the way the private sector does. The government gets its money from you work for the government. You work. You work and pay the government, which, and I'm, I'm not suggesting, again, don't, don't take this as, there is a constitutional and a limited role for things like a court system, um, a military, uh, police officers, fire, uh, uh, fire department officials at the state and city level. What I'm suggesting to you is the government doesn't add value by recombining um, discriminated items into things that could produce a larger value. That was an unnecessarily complicated way to say the iPhone puts together glass, you know, uh, rare earth minerals, electronic sensors and, 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 and processors in a way where the, the combined value of the glass and all that stuff isn't worth what the iPhone, the iPhone is worth more. Right. It right. picks from here. It picks yeah. from there. The people who invented the iPhone figured out a way to take all these components, put them into an iPhone and make that product add value to just the breakdown of all its parts. Right. right? right. I mean, an iPhone's components may cost $200. Why is the phone a thousand? The phone's a thousand because people and ingenuity thought of a way to combine this into a way that operates quicker, faster, and produces things for people that no one else had thought of before. You know, the wood in a house may not be worth a lot of money, but when you combine it into a, a new and aesthetically pleasing house, people are willing to pay more than just the wood. The government doesn't do that. The government gets its money from you. It takes its money from you. The government is a taker. It has always been a taker. It does not recombine our military into new ways that make the military. The military is there to defend our shores and defend our country, but it gets the money from you. So does the court system. It doesn't look for ways to privatize the military to get a better value. You get what I'm saying? I'm not talking about the value for defense. I'm talking about pure economic terms. Mm -hmm. Now, what I, I, I make that argument because the argument by the left is consistently that the government somehow can make investment decisions you can't make for yourself and will add value. Therefore, if we cut taxes and starve the government of money, we are decreasing the value of our country because it's the government that's going to make these investment decisions. Ladies and gentlemen, both of those things are false. The government has no idea. The government is made of people. That if they could figure out a way to recombine things to make more money, Joe, they'd beware. In the private sector, they wouldn't be in the government. Right. The government doesn't recombine things to add value. It's a taker. So throw that out the window, number one. Number two, one of the central premises of leftist ideology is the idea that tax cuts are going to, quote, cost the government money. This is utter and complete garbage and nonsense. Now, drastic tax cuts down to one and two percent tax rates of course would cost the government money at that point but there is a sweet spot hauser's law if you look it up h-a-u-s-e-r there is a sweet spot for taxes where we will get to pay our, our excellent men and women in the military have the finest court system in the world have an effective contract law where we take money from people and that does make sure that there's some kind of fluid functioning of our society contracts are honored we don't have to worry about a foreign invasion but above that sweet spot, the government starts taking money to make investment decisions, investment air quote decisions in the private sector that wind up hurting us. They, now, the tax cuts, the idea that it's going to tax cuts are going to starve the government of money is not backed up by data. Look at this CNS piece today, folks. Here's a quote from it. So we had these tax cuts and we were told by liberals, again, are you interested in facts? Or not? If you're not, tune out right now. If you're interested in actual facts, here we go. What did liberals tell us about the Trump tax cut plan? It was going to cost the government money. Here's a quote from the piece. It's in the show notes today. Make sure you read it at Bongino.com if you have the time. Despite the record tax collections, the record tax collections, the government still ran a deficit of $100 billion for the month of October because it spent $353 billion. This October record, it was a record, folks. We have in October, we set a record for the amount of tax revenue brought in. Listen to what I'm telling you. This is an inflation-adjusted dollars. Despite the Trump tax cuts and despite the the hysterical cries from the left that it was going to, quote, cost the government money, despite the tax cuts, October raised a record amount of money. Tax cuts in effect. Government raises more money. I'm not making any causal inference. I'm just telling you that the left's claims that the Trump tax cuts, quote, cost the government money and are making the deficit work are complete, utter garbage if you believe in reality. Why? Because the numbers speak for themselves. The taxes were cut, the economy grew, and the government raised record amounts of money in October. 
Our deficit problem is a spending problem because we spent a hundred billion more despite record tax revenue than we brought in. I mean, is this hard? Is this difficult to figure out? I mean, liberals, I'm not kidding. I, I know this sounds like a, a real jerk way to say it, but I'm asking you what part of this is hard. You keep telling us that the tax cuts are causing the deficit as tax revenue continues to go up, but spending is going up faster. Explain to me in sane, logical terms, you know, how we have a tax problem and not a spending problem. Now, as I said to you, because uh, a, a couple of people, the last time I discussed this article uh, at CNS or a, tip, a similar article about the tax revenue, the corporate taxes had gone down and some people emailed me, oh gosh, this is terrible. Look, the Trump uh, tax cuts cut the corporate tax rate to 21% from upwards to 35%, Dan. And look, the liberals' argument is right. Corporate tax revenue did go down last month. Okay, let's go on. And I quote, <laughs> I told you, what did I say, Joe? I said, hang tight, yeah. because when corporations get tax cuts, corporations are people. The money has to go somewhere. It typically goes into a growing economy. And even at a lower rate, corporate tax revenue will eventually go up. Candidly speaking, folks, I did not expect it to go up in October, the month after they went down the last month. Here we go. Corporate income tax receipts, however, were significantly higher in October than they were in October of last year. This year, the Treasury collected $8 billion in corporate income taxes. Last year, it collected $3.8 billion. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, please listen to what I'm telling you. I love economics. It's my passion. I'm just asking you to look at the historical data. I'm not making any causal claims at all. I'm simply telling you that the left's claims, again, that corporate tax cuts and tax cuts are going to cost the government money are not belied by the actual facts on the ground. October, we raised the most money in tax receipts we have ever seen in the United States government. And we are still running a deficit because we're spending too much. The people who emailed me last month, but Dan, your argument falls apart on the corporate side. We lost money. Loss. We lost money in September because of the corporate tax cuts. No, ladies and gentlemen, we're up. We're twice, we're raising twice the amount of corporate revenue at a lower rate in October than we did a year ago when the corporate tax rate was higher. Uh, you know, I, I don't know any other easy or way to get this out there, folks, but this is just simple. It, it's not even math, Joe. Just read the piece, screenshot it, show it to your friends. So the tax cuts cost us money. How? Where on this chart do you see tax revenue going down? Oh, man, it just gets frustrating dealing mm. with people on this. They have never, ever have the data. The tax cuts are worsening the deficit. How? We raised record tax revenue. Just ask that simple question. How? How is that happening? How? So we cut taxes and tax revenue went up. It didn't go down. Can you just admit that? All right. I want to get to this uh, Papadopoulos thing um, and Avenatti too. So uh, let me just read these. Uh, this, this is a good company and uh, they always uh, you know, want to be here and talk to you. So I appreciate your patience. Uh, Beachbody On Demand, my wife loves it. It's an easy way to use a streaming service. It gives you instant access to a wide variety of super effective workouts you can do from the comfort of your living room 24-7. Beachbody On Demand, one of the finest programs out there. You know, you want to get that six pack? Who knows? Some of you may have an eight pack. You know, who knows? You'll see once you get on Beachbody because you'll wither away that little layer you got covered in. Get rid of that. They have a history of success, Beachbody on demand. They've been around. They have got people in shape forever. This is a company behind P90X, Insanity, T25, the three-week yoga retreat, hip-hop abs. They have the best trainers out there. Sean T, Shailene Johnson, Tony Horton, and Autumn Calabrese. The best programs out there, too. They have hundreds of effective workouts for all fitness levels, ranging from bodybuilding to weight training to cardio to high-intensity training to yoga, even dance workouts. Hey, listen, work out on your schedule. Some of the workouts are as short as 10 minutes, and they, some of them don't even require extra equipment. Time it takes you to park at the gym, you'd already be done. View it on your computer, your tablet, your smartphone, Roku, Apple TV, Chromecast, and more. They have a huge support community. Over a million people are currently on Beachbody Demand. Listeners of the Dan Bongino Show can now try it absolutely free. Ladies and gentlemen, Cord the Force is one of my favorites because I really, really enjoy uh, the, the mixed martial arts, and it gets my core <laughs> wrecked big time. Body Beast is another good one, too. I strongly, strongly recommend. 
Uh, folks, get let's get in shape together. Give it a shot. Right, right now, my listeners can get a special free trial membership, including their new 14-day results plan, where you can lose up to nine pounds in the first two weeks when you text Dan B, D-A-N-B, Dan B, my first name and uh, initial of my last name, text Dan B, no spaces, to 303030. Text Dan B, no spaces, to 303030. That's 303030. Text Dan B to 303030. You will get full access to the entire platform for free. All the workouts, nutrition information, and results plan to get you super fast results and support totally free. Just text Dan B to 303030. Folks, some of you seen pictures of me and my wife. I love my wife. She's pretty jacked, I must say. I wouldn't dare give away her age, but believe me, she looks like she's 20. You can thank Beachbody On Demand. She loves the program. She's been using them forever. It is well worth your time. Okay. Um, a couple things before I get to Papadopoulos. The Avenatti case, you know, listen, a couple of people emailed me. Avenatti, uh, the creepy porn lawyer, uh, as he's become known in, in <laughs> yeah. uh, many media outlets who represented Stormy Daniels in this, uh, in this Trump uh, case that they have going on. Avenatti, who claims he wants to run for president, was arrested yesterday for very seriously for allegations of uh, domestic abuse, uh, uh, hitting or striking a woman. Again, these are allegations. I, here's all I have to say on this. Because I got a couple emails and I don't like to address content. I don't feel like I can add value to your life on. All I have to say about this is I'm going to take the high road on this. Right. Whereas Avenatti has never taken the high road on anything because that's what Avenatti does. Michael Avenatti, for as sleazy as he is, is entitled to the presumption of innocence like everyone else. And as I said before about the outrageous, outrageous Brett Kavanaugh allegations him and his client were behind, which have been widely debunked now. As I said then, I will say now. You do not have the right to be believed in the country. You have the right to be taken seriously. Right. Woman, man, or anyone else. Our judicial system and our legal system does not give you the right to be believed. It gives you the right, as it should be, to be taken seriously and to, prevent, uh, to present your charges in a court of law and to have those charges analyzed cross-examined, and if found uh, guilty beyond any reasonable doubt, you will have some kind of a penalty, either a civil, uh, in, in the case of civil, it's a preponderance of evidence, in the criminal, criminal case, beyond a reasonable doubt, you will get a penalty. Even sleazeballs like Michael Avenatti, the coward, wouldn't even look me in the eye at Politicon after such a tough guy challenging Don Jr. to an MMA fight. Ridiculous. I mean, absolutely stupid. <laughs> It was so dumb, Joe. He walks by, uh, head goes right down. Big tough guy. Screaming and yelling like a maniac all the time. <laughs> phony type. I've been running to these phony tough guys my whole life. The guys who talk the loudest about it are the, right, Joe? Yeah. They're the big, Joe's a big guy, by the way. Yeah. Not a lot of people mess with Joe. They're, they're the biggest chumps out there. All I have to say about Avenatti, though, is for much as I dislike this guy, I think it's clear I do, and I do. I'm not trying to hide that. <laughs> he is an American citizen who's entitled to innocence until proven guilty despite how disgusting these charges are. And it doesn't, it would be entirely hypocritical for me, you know, to sit here now and say, oh, look, he definitely, I don't know that. And unlike the way he treated Kavanaugh and everyone else, Avenatti, for as creepy as he is, is entitled to his day in court. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Because again, unlike liberals who had Brett Kavanaugh guilty, wanted Brett Kavanaugh thrown in a mud pit with alligators, they wanted Brett Kavanaugh hung up by his ankles, before there was any evidence at all that he'd actually done this. Matter of fact, there was counter evidence. I'm not going to do that to Avenatti. And I can't tell you what to do, but I strongly encourage that we stick to our principles on this too. And you take the same approach. This guy's a sleazebag. Yep. He's always been a sleazebag. If he's found guilty in court, we will pile on because you don't hit women. You do we even have to say, I mean, is, is that even necessary to say, I mean, what kind of an idiot even thinks that's appropriate? But we don't know we did that yet. That's all on it. Okay, on Florida. Quick update on Florida because I'm down here on the ground. One of the things I'm really getting bothered and irked about is these far left focus group tested talking points by the left that I've, you know, Marie Harf did this to me on the five. Mm -hmm. She said, well, you know, there's no evidence of voter fraud in Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, there is evidence. There is evidence of voter fraud in Florida. I don't know what you're talking about when you say that. There was a breaking news story yesterday that was disturbing to say the least there's an article from the blaze i haven't used the blaze lately um up at my show notes today 
Read them. I have that tax article. I want you to screenshot to show your friends about the tax cuts don't cost the government money. But I want you to show them this article in the blaze when they tell you there's no evidence of voter fraud in Florida. There are two distinct pieces of information you need to know. First, on the blaze piece, Joe. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, this broke that cure affidavits had dates manipulated and these it was it's alleged that the Florida Democratic Party sent them out. What does that mean? You're probably like, what the heck does that mean? Folks, down here in Florida, there is a rather vote, robust, vibrant vote by mail operation. Mm. I vote by mail. If you send in a vote by mail, Joe, and you are the audience on budget, right. so stop me mm-hmm. if this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And the ballot has an issue. There's a partially filled out thing. Maybe there's an X through a name. You didn't fill it out right. There's a piece of the signature missing. In other words, there's an issue. There could be, the, 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 what the issue is could be endless. You have up until 5 p.m. The day before Election Day. This is the law. This is not open to interpretation. The day before Election Day. Election Day was on Tuesday, obviously. You have until 5 p.m. on Monday to, quote, Joe, cure the ballot. All right. Parties. Now, this part's perfectly legal. The the Republican, Democrat, pro-libertarian, whatever party you want, can send these, these cure affidavits to the voters that had issues with their ballot. Mm-hmm. In other words, let's say Joe Armacost and uh-huh. you signed Chris Armacost by mistake. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't why you do that. I don't know. They can the parties can send you out these cure affidavits that say, "Hey, you can go fix this. Uh, here's here's you know here's what you need to do." All right. Well, what happened, folks? The allegations are very serious that the Democrat Party sent these cure affidavits out to people and basically crossed out the date and made it a later date. In other words, you're not only limited to the 5th of of, uh, November before the election, they crossed out the date and put the date the 8th. Now, some of them are saying, well, this could have been an innocent mistake. The bottom line, folks, is it happened according to these allegations and a number of recorded calls of uh, or a recorded call and read the Blaze article by a Democrat official calling people, telling them, hey, you can go fix your ballot up until the 8th. You can't. You can only do it to the fifth. It is against the law. Stop telling us this stuff didn't happen. Like, well, it was accidental fraud. Maybe it was, but don't tell me anyone. I I don't care what network you're on. Stop telling me there's no evidence of fraud. There is evidence. You just don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Second piece of information we now know is true. These aren't allegations because Brenda Snipes, in uh, Broward County's own, the attorney for them down there has already admitted to this. Provisional ballots in Broward County that were deemed invalid, invalid. Signature was wrong. Person was a non-citizen, whatever it may be. I don't know the specific reasons. They were deemed invalid. Mm -hmm. No signature at all. Were mixed in with valid ballots, and now they can't find the invalid ones because the envelopes were discarded. Folks, Please stop telling me there's no evidence of fraud. You're a fraud if you say that. So the Democrat Party's alleged to have changed the date on cure affidavits. There's a recorded call about it. And in the provisional ballots, the lawyer down there has already admitted this happened. I'm just asking again, the liberals, I'm not suggesting the fraud is going to overturn you. I, I, I hope and I pray. Nelson and DeSantis pull this out. I think they will. Like I said, the ag commissioner race, I spent two days on that. Listen to yesterday's show. I think that thing may already have been stolen. But stop, stop suggesting to us that there's no evidence of fraud. There is. They had 77,000 magic ballots just appear in Broward. There's no evidence you're telling the truth by saying none of this stuff happened. All right, one more uh, thing before I get to the Papadopoulos thing. Uh, Jeff Flake, uh, this guy is uh, just a disgrace to humankind. Um, I I can't take this guy. I've already told you why it's personal for me. The outgoing, thank the Lord, outgoing uh, fake Republican senator from Arizona. Um, It's personal to me with Jeff Flake because he ran in the Senate cycle. I did when I met Armacost, actually. Mm -hmm. And he sucked up a bunch of Tea Party money and time, pretending to be some Tea Party warrior, and has shafted us on a number of critical issues. Flake is a disaster. He's, he's, he's epidemic of the, the swamp disease in D.C. He's thankfully leaving office. Sadly, he's been replaced by a radical far-left Democrat in Kirsten Cinema, 
uh, because he couldn't even hold the seat because he couldn't win an election, you know, uh, for, for county morgue operator in Arizona. He's that bad. Well, why am I bringing up Flake again? Because in case you missed it, Flake now is pushing an unquestionably unconstitutional garbage bill to quote Joe protect Bob Mueller, who anybody who listens to this show knows the Mueller thing is a total scam at this point, right? It's an unquestionably unconstitutional bill. The president can hire or fire who he wants. You have a political problem with that? Take up an impeachment trial in the Senate. That's what you guys are there for. Flake wants a bill to protect Bob Mueller, basically prohibiting the president from firing. It is so grotesquely unconstitutional and stupid, you'd have to be a moron uh, to, to get it passed. Now, Flake, who claims to be a Republican, is pushing this bill. Why is that? Uh, what, what's wrong with that? Because he'd be humiliated, right, in this bill. McConnell, by the way, has already said, Mitch McConnell, that this bill is dead. And he's not bringing it onto the floor. Mm. So forget it. It's not going to happen. So what does Flake do, Joe? Flake, who's on the Judicial Committee and has a very powerful vote now mm -hmm. on judicial nominations, which we can push through en masse in the lame duck session, right? What does Flake say? I'm not voting on any more Trump nominees for the court until my bill to unconstitutional nonsense bill to protect Mueller gets on the floor. This is oh, look at it. This this disgrace is on Fox right now. <laughs> look at this. This buffoon. This utter complete buffoon. This guy, if you're in Arizona, please respectfully. I get it. I'm not lecturing anybody. I'm angry, but I would never email anyone that way. Please email his office and just tell him how dis disappointed you are that even though he's leaving, that your time and your vote and your money went to him. And he has again, again, let you believe me, these emails make a difference. Why do I say that? Because we probably haven't heard the last of this guy. This guy is a narcissistic buffoon who will probably try to come back and run for president in a primary against Trump. He needs to be completely politically defeated. Politically. Because he's a disaster. Jeff Flake. Jeff Flake is the gift that keeps on taking. You know that thing? The gift that keeps on giving. Jeff Flake is the gift, air quotes, that keeps on taking, right? Isn't he? Oh, my gosh. As a... Uh, Tiana Lowe from the Washington Examiner. Uh, she has a piece I have in the show notes today on this. I encourage you. It's pretty good. Who And she's, you know, pretty reasonable on it. She's a rather, uh, I'm not going to call her moderate, but she's pretty reasonable. She'll criticize both sides, right? She has a piece in the Examiner today. It's short and sweet, but check it out. Where she brings up a great point. She's like, Flake, really? This is the fight you pick. Like of all the beefs you could have had with Trump, tariffs, immigration policy, the one thing Trump is universally applauded for on the Republican side of the fence, right, Joe? Mm. Judicial nominations. Mm -hmm. Nice job, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Two Supreme Court, Supreme Court nominations, District Court, Circuit Court nominations. Only the most bizarre Looney Tunes, never Trumpers, fight back against Trump on the court appointments issue. She brings up a great point. This is the issue, flaky flake decides to take Trump on on the one issue where there's universal affirmation that he made a good decision on court appointments. It seems weird a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, Pee Wee. It does. It is weird because that's Jeff Flake. He looks at himself in a mirror, quaffs his hair. He probably get a scissor out, clipping his nose hairs. Look at me, I'm Jeff. <laughs> the greatest gift of possible. You're not the county morgue job you couldn't win. This guy is the worst. He is a total disaster. Read the piece, folks. She makes a great point. This is the fight. This is the, quote, principled fight you want to take on. Oh, man. I get so fed up with these people. Thank God yeah. he's leaving. I'm a happy warrior today, right? Thank God he's leaving. See you later. Jeez. All right. Um, on this Papa D thing. Oh, man. Did I... I got an email this morning and I'm looking at some stuff and it's always good stuff. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> How the heck did I miss this? Folks, if you go back to my interview with George Papadopoulos, who, uh, as you know, is a key figure in the Mueller scam, otherwise known as the special counsel probe, <laughs> the, the witch hunt scheme we're all being subjected to. Papadopoulos and his meeting with Mifsud, the Maltese professor, where Mifsud's alleged to have told him about Russian dirt. That's the start of the right. whole thing, right? I, you all get that, okay? That's the, the, the nexus of the Russian collusion scandal. 
is that through this guy, Mifsud, the Russians tried to get dirt on Hillary to the Russia team through Papadopoulos. Very mm-hmm. simple to figure out. I think I get it. Now, this may be confusing a little bit, folks, and forgive me in advance, but this is really, really key information. I have been feverishly over the last two weeks or so trying to explain away the redactions in the original FISA document. The original FISA document, which they used to spy on Carter Page, another Trump uh, team uh, associate, there are significant blackouts and redactions that are missing. Trump has now uh, has, has said he was going to declassify, as you know, and, and open up those redactions for the public to see. Devin Nunes, the Republican congressman who was one of the lead investigators on this, has insisted that once we see those uh, unredacted documents, we're all going to understand the devastating scandal this is. Now, I had some ideas about what it was, and I had a eureka moment this morning. And let me explain it in terms of the questions I had first. One of the reasons Trump has uh, slowed down the unredaction process, exposing the document to sunlight for us all to see, is the United Kingdom and others, some foreign partners of ours, have said this will do significant damage to our relationship. Mm -hmm. Keep that in your head. The United Kingdom is worried that if the public sees why the Trump team was spied on, they're going to look bad. Why? Now, if you're a listener to the show, I've given you my reasons why. I believe the United Kingdom, based on publicly available reporting at CNN, I'll get to that in a second too, at CNN specifically, publicly available reporting, I believe the United Kingdom was passing intel to the Obama administration, circumventing what would have been U.S. law against gathering information on our people. Now, think about what I just told you. There are specific United States laws preventing the gathering of intelligence on United States citizens without, Mm -hmm. Joe, evidence that they're acting as a foreign agent in violation of U.S. law. In other words, you have to produce evidence before you can spy on Americans. It's not complicated. I believe the Obama administration was getting information from the U.K. to get around those laws, to arbitrage the laws. Because the United Kingdom doesn't have a lot of the privacy protections we have. You can't spy on Joe Armacost? Just get the United Kingdom to do it. Keep that in mind. I had to go back and re-listen to my Papadopoulos interview. Someone clued me into something. And it was a really, really, I'm like, damn it. Why did I take it on? During the Papadopoulos interview, Joe, he said something. And I said something later, but I never connected the two. He says that in April of 2017, just about two to three weeks after James Wolfe and the Senate Intel Committee, the staffer, gets a hold of the FISA, Papadopoulos says he was contacted by, uh, he says, a major uh, network news outlet and a major newspaper we all know. That he was contacted by them and he was asked about a potential FISA warrant. So let's be on him, by the way. I'm going to connect these dots, but you have to have these background bullets Mm. first, okay? So the UK's worried that the FISA warrant against Carter Page, if we see the whole thing, it's going to look really bad for them. In April of 2017, Papadopoulos is contacted by major newspapers and a network news station and asked about a FISA warrant on him, which he says in the interview, he kind of gaffed off. He didn't think it was serious. Also in April, Papadopoulos mentions how the woman who meets with him and Mifsud, Olga Vinogradova, this and and Miss Sud introduces her as Putin's niece. She was not Putin's niece. He mentions how in April she's contacting him, trying to set up a meetings with Russian officials, and he becomes very suspicious because she said she didn't speak English. But in her email and her computer traffic there and text, whatever they may be, she seems to speak perfect English. Let me tie this up for you now. Are those redactions 
and all of this stuff that happened in April of 2017. Was there a FISA warrant on Papadopoulos too? Was the FISA warrant or, or some kind of foreign intelligence gathering on Papadopoulos happening way before this case is alleged to have opened up in, uh, in, in the summer of 2017? Don't go. Don't get confused. I'm the unconfuse you. So when look at all these things that happened in April. In April, he's George Papadopoulos is suspiciously contacted again by a woman he's introduced to who's alleged to be Putin's niece. She is not. She's trying to set up contacts with Russians as the Obama administration is already probably pre-planning this Russian collusion narrative. This woman is contacting Papadopoulos trying to set up meetings with Russians. At the same time in April, newspaper reporters contact Papadopoulos and say, hey, is there a FISA warrant out on you waiting for him to confirm it or something as if he would know? At the same time that happens, let me read to you the headline I've now read to you a hundred times from CNN Politics, April 14th, 2017. British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with Russians on to U.S. counterparts. Ladies and gentlemen, what the hell is in those redactions? Was there a FISA on Papadopoulos too? Is that in the Carter Page FISA? In other words, is there information, if not from a FISA, but from a detailed, elaborate spying operation being conducted on George Papadopoulos, is there detailed information about a UK-United States spy operation against George Papadopoulos in that? Is that the redactions that there were multiple FISAs here? Ladies and gentlemen, this makes all the sense in the world now. Let's walk through the timeline. A month earlier, on March 17th, 2017, a month earlier than this article, British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with Russians on the U.S. counterparts of CNN. A month earlier, a staff member on the Senate Intel Committee that wanted to see Jim Comey briefs the Senate Intel Committee folks on March 15th, 2017, the FBI director. They say, we need to look at this FISA, right? They then turn over the FISA on a stamped copy two days later, March 17th. It gets delivered to the Intel Committee, the Senate Intel that wants to look at it. James Wolf, the guy arrested for making false statements about leaks, the staffer takes the FISA warrant. Probably a hard copy, maybe, and it doesn't matter. It's an 83-page application, uh, 82 if you subtract out the the, uh, signature page. He takes that FISA. He delivers it to the Intel Committee on March 17th. And then, according to allegations in the charging documents against Wolf, he texts, excuse me, he texts his girlfriend, a reporter, Allie Watkins, 82 times. That would explain the potential screenshots of the actual FISA, which is 83 pages long, minus the signature page. In other words, it was an unredacted FISA. Why would he text her blacked out pages? He had the unredacted version. It's pretty clear at this point. He may have texted her the entire FISA. In that FISA, is there information about another FISA against George Papadopoulos or a very sophisticated spying operation against Papadopoulos that was going on much earlier and was being run by the United Kingdom on behalf of people in the Obama administration. Think about that. It explains why. So March 17th, Allie Watkins may have gotten this, right? She has all this information. The information then gets out to the media after she does her Mm -hmm. thing on it. In April, the media people who've read this, who've probably read the unredacted FISA against Carter Page. Carter Page. It's not against Papadopoulos. May have seen information in there that they are desperately trying to hide. That Papadopoulos may have been the subject of a FISA himself. That's in that FISA against Page. 
or at a minimum is the subject of a very sophisticated intelligence targeting operation themselves. That may be what's in there and may explain why they reached out to him in April trying to get it confirmed. And it also explains this article at CNN released on the exact same time, April 14, 2017. Now, you may say, what does this have to do with Vinogradova and the Russian, Putin's alleged niece? Who was she working for? She was not Putin's niece. Why is it that in some of the charging and prosecutorial documents used against George Papadopoulos by the Mueller team, they indicate that one of the questions asked of him was, were you contacted by anybody with a Russian accent? Well, we know Vinogradova had a Russian accent. She claimed to not even speak good English until she shouted Texan Papadopoulos, then all of a sudden seemed to speak perfect mm-hmm. English. Who was she working for? What a perfect front, yeah. right, Joe? Hmm. I don't speak English, so you can talk freely in front of me while she's at that meeting with Ms. Soot. Next thing you know, all of a sudden she's texting him and she, her English seems just fine. Did she speak English the whole time? Was she the one sitting at that table trying to record information, reporting back to who? Was she reporting to the United Kingdom, who was reporting back to the United States? Is that what's in that FISA? Folks, mark this episode. Mark this time. This was a eureka moment this morning. I strongly believe at this point. I've I've, listened. I've always said Papadopoulos was set up. That part's not new. The part that's new here is what the heck was his Vinogradova's role in this? Why is it that in April, just a month after the Senate uh, Intel Committee, people leaked the FISA? The FISA, I'm, I'm telling you, they have the full unredacted version of it because of the text traffic. Why would you text a blacked out page? They're reading it. They were probably reading in there about the, quote, insurance policy that may have been a sophisticated spying operation on Papadopoulos that they thought was legit, Joe. They thought he was going to actually turn into the spy, that he was going to work with Vinogradova to try to get some information, get some emails. It probably blows up in their face completely, but they still use it in the subsequent investigation into Carter Page by putting that in the FISA to target Page. It also explains this big, big hullabaloo about exculpatory evidence. Think about it. If in the FISA application against Carter Page, there are indications about a spying operation, a potential FISA against George Papadopoulos too, and Papadopoulos is on a recording somewhere saying he wants nothing to do with Russian emails or collusion like that, it would explain entirely why everybody wants that information blacked out. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, Two takeaways from this whole thing. I should have given you the lead first, but it's complicated. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the lead last. Buried at the end, but the whole thing should make sense. Number one, were they spying on now multiple members of the Trump team? We already know they were spying on Page. We already have that FISA or parts of it in redacted form. Were they spying on Papadopoulos too, either through a FISA? or a foreign intelligence gathering operation that is so beyond the pale of common decency and potentially U.S. law that they are desperate to hide it? And secondly, is the redacted information in the page warrant that's potentially about Papadopoulos, is it missing all of the exculpatory information that they may have? In other words, Papadopoulos wasn't really interested in doing this. Papadopoulos didn't take any Russian emails. Do you understand how devastating this would be? Mm. Mm -hmm. right in april all of this stuff happens this russian woman putin's niece who's not mysteriously who nobody can seem to find folks who is she working with she's contacting george hey you want to meet with russians wow that's not uh, uh that's not odd at all she has no russian contacts to do this she told him he didn't she didn't speak english or 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 good english she's texting him in perfect english Is someone telling her what to write? Hey, text them this. Text them you want to meet with Russians. No, write it out like this. I thought she didn't speak English. The FBI in her interview asked him, hey, did you meet with anybody with a Russian accent? What, trying to catch him in a lie? 
in other words, show, did they already know about right. Vinogradova? And if they did, how? Right. How'd they know about that? If she wasn't working with them or foreign counterparts, how'd they know about Vinogradova? Did you ever meet with anybody with a Russian accent? Yeah, my old barber, Steve in Forest Hills had a Russian accent. What do you mean by that? Did they know about Vinogradova? If they did, how? Who were they working with? Was she working with them? Was she working with the UK? They Papadopoulos in April also gets calls from media people trying to confirm that there's some kind of FISA on him. How would they know that? Did they read the unredacted FISA that could have been leaked from the Senate committee and Wolf to his uh, to his girlfriend, the reporter? Did they already read? Do they already know this? Are they hiding this too? And at the same time, CNN seems to have gotten wind of this as well as they write this piece about the British passing Trump, quote, associates communications to Russians onto U.S. counterparts. Folks, can you imagine if those takeaways are true, that they hid evidence of Papadopoulos' innocence, that there was a FISA or at the minimum a detailed foreign intelligence operation working with the U.S. government against an innocent U.S. citizen in Papadopoulos, and number three, that the media already knows all this and is still not reporting on it? Can you imagine how, how grotesque of an operation this has really turned into? Again, Mueller's the perfect bag man here to clean this up. The perfect guy. This is just gross. I mean, this case is just really, really disgusting. All right. Um, got a couple more updates here. Let me just uh, get through this. We have a, I just got a new one of these, by the way, and I love it. I got the, uh, the plastic one this time, and it's, uh, I have two. One for travel, one around the road. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Quip. Ah. The best, and I do mean best electric toothbrush out there. You know those old electric toothbrushes, Joe? They were like uh, Ford yeah. Pintos. They were so big, you couldn't even get them in like the overhead uh, bin. And yeah, you've seen wide. those, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those big, bulky, nasty electric toothbrushes. No, 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 no. Not Quip. Listen, when it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Quip knows that. They've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. You will not find a sleeker, more precise, nice-looking, more functional, efficient electric toothbrush in Quip. It's the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric brushes. And guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides. It's really easy. Uh, Making brushing the right amount of time effortless. Quip comes with a mount, suctions right to your mirror, and unsticks. You can use it as a, uh, a a travel cover for, you know, throw it in your gym bag, whatever. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan, which I'm a part of, re- refreshes your brush head on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Come on, you're not going to beat that. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year. But Quip did. Find out for yourself why. It is like a power washing for your mouth. It is terrific. Love Quip. Everybody in my family has one. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Dan right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Dan. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Dan. Getquip.com slash Dan. Don't miss out. Love the love Quip. Use it every morning and night and during the day. All right. Um, so I just, yeah, we'll wrap that up on that. But if you go back and listen to my Papadopoulos interview, the thing I missed, and maybe I didn't sum that part up uh, well, the thing I missed is I did not make the connection between the April article in CNN about the British working with the Obama administration to gather intel mm-hmm. on the Trump team and the fact that Papadopoulos in the interview says, Hey, in April 2017, this this Russian lady who Miss Sud introduces me to, Miss Sud, who has connections to British intelligence, by the way, this Russian lady, Miss Sud introduces me to, it keeps reaching out about meetings with the Russians. Now it makes all the sense mm-hmm. in the world. Hmm. I, those two things were brought, remember, in the same yeah. interview, Joe, you were there. I should have stopped him and said, wait, wait, you were contacted by this uh, fake uh, Russian Putin's niece lady in April, right as CNN was contacting you? about the British gathering information about the Trump team people and right about the same time the press was contacting you about a FISA on you? The question we need answered immediately 
who was Vinogradova, Olga Vinogradova working for? Who? Who was Mifsud working for? We need these questions answered. And if Mifsud does, in fact, testify in front of the Senate, I want those answers. You should want them too. Because if they were working with friendlies, folks, this scandal's even bigger than even you and I thought, as if it could get any bigger and more gross. Okay. Uh, but a couple more things. So Hillary, yesterday, I covered the email scandal with Hillary. She was, uh, she had a, well, not her personally, but there was a court hearing yesterday about Hillary having to testify. Yeah. Remember this, Joe, in federal court in front of Judge mm-hmm. Emmett Sullivan um, about details about the email case she was reluctant to provide under oath uh, before. Judicial Watch won the case. Oh, Hills. Hey, look at two good <laughs> Hills. Sorry. Hillary lost. Hillary is now under oath going to be forced to provide more detailed answers about the setup and operation of her private email server system. Now, they can be written answers, but they will be under oath. What I'm trying to tell you here, folks, is the old I don't know, I don't recall may not be working that much longer for Hills. The Judicial Watch guys, hat tip to Tom Fitton and that shop over there, did a damn good job. I just want to keep you updated because yesterday was the case. She lost. That came out today. Have an article up in the show notes about it. Take a look. She's going to have a really hard time wiggling her way out of this. It's not over. Don't think for a second. Last story of the day. I'm getting um, kind of frustrated with the media. This is not a new tactic. It's an old tactic with them. But I just want you to be careful with this because it's been happening a lot. The media now, as you start to close in on the facts, especially me, I've been subjected to this kind of garbage um, by Looney Tunes media people and radical left-wing conspiracy nuts. Um, the new tactic by them is as you start to close in on the truth on it, on especially the Spygate case, they love to label you a conspiracy yeah. theorist. And it's, a, it, you know, I, I, it's a really, yeah. it is, you know, Joe, it's, it, it's devastating because, you know, I worked really hard, whether in the NYPD and the Secret Service and, and in this show, to maintain a reputation for the facts and data. And when we're wrong, we correct it. I mean, even when the content is sometimes off base, like last Friday, I come on the show on Monday and I deliver this really long apology to you because the show's for you, right? What's starting to happen now is as we start to close in on things like I'm addressing to you today with Papadopoulos, open-ended questions, but questions that are backed up by data. I read to you the CNN headline. It's still there. Papadopoulos himself on my interview said he was contacted by the media. You believe he's lying? Go interview Papadopoulos yourself. They're starting to label people conspiracy theorists to discredit them. Now, it's going to happen because the liberal media are nutbags. But what's bothering me about it, the reason I'm bringing it up today, is we have a legion of actual conspiracy theorists on the left and in the media that get a pass completely when they float theories that are devoid of any evidence at all. And I want to call out Looney Tunes far left radical senator from Ohio, Sherrod Brown, who yesterday went out and gave a speech at some group and suggested somehow that the gubernatorial race in Georgia between Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams, which, ladies and gentlemen, is over. Kemp won fair and square. Unbelievably, conspiracy theorist Sherrod Brown seemed to suggest that if Stacey Abrams, the far left Democrat, despite the fact that she has never been ahead in the vote count, since election day ever she hasn't even been close she's not like florida 2000 bush v gore where he got within 537 votes gore she's not close there are thousands of votes separating the two did you hear this show sherrod brown suggested that if stacy abrams is not sworn in as governor that the race was somehow stolen erroneous erroneous is right why aren't you calling this guy out This is clearly a conspiracy theory by definition. Nothing we told you today isn't backed up by evidence. I read you the headlines. I told you what George said. I told you they can't find Vinegar Dove. You can find her. Let us know. I told you what happened with Wolf. That's all backed up by facts. Sherrod Brown, a far left U.S. senator, has suggested somehow that there is a conspiracy. It is his theory. So it is by definition a conspiracy theory. That somehow the race has been stolen from Stacey Abrams in Georgia. She, he says this without any evidence. And nobody calls him out. Yet, now to bring the show full circle, when we discuss Spygate on facts, or 
when I tell you what actually happened in Florida, Joe, about invalid provisional ballots being mixed mm-hmm. in with good ballots and very serious allegations of cure affidavits being doctored, they actually have the evidence. The media, what do they say? Oh, Rick Scott and the Republicans, a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Folks, ignore the media. The greatest gift I can give you on this show is telling you to just ignore it. Fight back. You know, don't let them get away with it. But when I say don't let this affect how you, when I say ignore it, I mean, you punch through and plow through straight ahead on what you're doing. A commitment to truth and facts and data will win out in the end. Ignore the barbs. Keep doing what you're doing. It is them in the media. They are the conspiracy theorists. They have alleged a collusion conspiracy theory from the start. They have absolutely no evidence Donald Trump was involved in, and they continue to move forward. Sherrod Brown should be embarrassed. He should be called out by every credible media outlet in the business and asked to produce any proof whatsoever that this race was stolen from Stacey Abrams. It is a lie. They are the conspiracy theorists. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of information in that show today. If you have to listen to that Papadopoulos part, please listen to it twice. I think he was set up. I think this Vinogradova was working with foreign entities. I think the media knew about it. I think it's in the FISA warrant. I think they've already read the FISA warrant. And I think that's the redactions that are going to come out. They're going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, please subscribe to my podcast on iTunes. On SoundCloud, on iHeart, click the follow button. It is free, but it helps us move up the charts. I really appreciate it. It helps other people find the show. Thanks a lot. I'll see you all soon. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.